following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Back with another edition of the Intentional Foul. I'm Josh. He's Dan. We talk about sports and other things when we feel like it. And we appreciate you being here. Thank you for subscribing, downloading, listening. Tell your friends, as usual. I just noticed you have three cases of yeah. water in here. Yeah, they had I, they had two for five. I had one. They had two for five bucks on sale at festival yesterday. That's a good there, deal. So might as well grab a couple. I got. Um, I tried to get scammed yesterday at festival. Tried to? Somebody tried to scam me. Oh, okay. Somebody asked me for money to help pay for their groceries. Ah. And I said, "Well, I got a list. I got my wife's debit card, both true." And I said, "We're on. We're on some funds. You know, we we need. I need to stick to the list. I'm sorry. I wish I could help you out. No problem. They got up to the. They got up to the lane just as I was. They didn't have a problem paying." <laughs> I, I wanted to go up and be like, guy, girl, man, and his wife. Okay. Dude approached me. She was off trying to get something else. She have, he have all his teeth? I couldn't tell, but it seemed like it. <laughs> it's always the first question I have whenever I've, anybody's trying to ask for something. It's like, well, how many have, how many teeth do they have? Have you been? Have you been tried to get scammed? Because I have. Well, I'm multi- in sales. I get scammed every day. Well. No. <laughs> I get people trying to scam me every day of the week. I remember when I was in my first month of replacing Al and somebody followed me from the new fire station down a couple of blocks and then pulled in behind me after I parked to ask for gas money. This was at three o'clock in the morning. It's like you followed me here. (laughs) Like if you're short on gas, why are you driving around trying to flag people down? Wow. So I, I don't think I've ever had no, that happen to me before. No, a bunch of people just you know, hey, we're doing this or we need that or it's like I'm I'm sorry. That's funny. I can't I can't <laughs> help you. Anyway, that's one of the random things that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a lot to cover, including the Brewers. Uh, the Cardinals are finally back on, and now they've been replaced by the Reds. It seems like um, I was told last night. Well, I should say yesterday okay. afternoon. A, re- a request was made. Oh, really? That if the Brewers hung on and won yesterday and oh took the series from the Cubs, yes. that I had a positive Brewers podcast. And how? So are... I'm going to honor that. I'm going to honor that as best I can. Best oh. I can. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I can't wait for the. Yeah. Yeah. The little. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the positivity just to come gushing out. All right. Uh, NBA playoffs started today. We'll go through the matchups. Bucks play on Tuesday. Uh, hopefully Giannis doesn't headbutt anybody. We'll do that. Big signing by the Packers. Football is pretty much underway. We'll talk about the new crew for Monday night. Um, and then uh, the NCAA, which just seems like it is. I read a tweet on my way over here, and I'll, I'll probably mention that when we get there, but it is not. And then high school sports is just as, in Wisconsin, just as convoluted and messed up. <laughs> as it seems like the college football scene is. That's, so that's what is all ahead on the program. 
for this episode. Again, thank you for being here. We'll start with Mr. Positivity and the Brewers that are tied in the division, by the way, with the Cardinals because Mm -hmm. they're both 500, even though the Brewers have played 12 more games than them. Right. Because the Cardinals are 4-4. and And the Brewers are 10-10. and Took three out of four from the Cubs. Yeah. Um, I got to say that was... Quite surprising to me, considering what I had seen up to that point. We're off to a so-so start. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they dropped two or three to the Twins yeah. earlier in the week. And the Twins just hammered the ball. They did. And, well, and that's what they that's do. That's what they do. That's, that's right. what they do. So that wasn't too shocking. Uh, but the lackluster offense, uh, that whole series, uh, very difficult to watch. Just a lot of strikeouts, a lot of bad at-bats. Um, and even the first game against the Cubs – um, oh, you yeah. Darvish completely shuts them down. He I think out 11. I think they got a run or two real late, uh, but you know, other than that, that, that was pretty much a walkover. And then the next three games, um, they played uh, a much much better baseball than we've seen them play. And a weird thing happened when they got to Chicago. They actually put out a major league quality lineup. <laughs> When you can throw Urias in there instead of 4A players like Sogard and Jerko at third, and then you can throw Ryan Braun in the lineup. And I had this discussion with my dad over the weekend and, and with a good friend of mine who's a big Brewer fan. I know he's 37 years old, and he's not close to the player that he used to be when he was the MVP and, and an all-star. But when Ryan Braun is in the lineup, it affects everybody else in the lineup. Even if, like, yes, I think it was yesterday or Saturday, I don't remember which one, when they batted him leadoff. His bat is dangerous. Pitchers still have to account for him, and he he's a professional hitter. He's not going to go out there and give away at bats. He's going to, for the most part, he's going to put the bat on the ball. And especially in a series like this, because for whatever reason, you can play the trends. And he rakes Wrigley. He's on fire in Chicago. His whole career. Right. So even if you look at the numbers, you can just play that. It's like, well, you do well here. You can't explain it. You can't, you know, look at the overall. Well, we shouldn't. You know what? Just go with it. That's how he does here. So until he doesn't. Keep playing him. And look, I, I like I said, I get it. He's 37. He's not going to play. 60 games in a 60-game season. I get that. But whenever he's healthy and feels good, you have to play him. What are you saving him for? One more year, maybe? I mean, this is be this after watching the NBA playoffs, and we'll get to that, and the way the games have panned out in the bubble, baseball's, I think, kind of the same way when you see teams like the Marlins leading their division. This is only 60 games. This is going to be very, very random. And if you have the opportunity to put your best lineup out there, I think you have to do it every single day. They were able to do it the last three games of the series, and and they took all three. I, I was very impressed with Urias. I had been, I was very questionable on him since the trade was made in the offseason. Well, I mean, yeah, Who is this guy? He gets hurt, then he gets COVID, yep. and it's like, well, are we ever going to see him? I saw, was it yesterday or the day before, I saw him take an opposite field pitch mm-hmm. and smoke it down the right field line for a corner. He slid, but that was a standing triple. Yeah. I mean, it was some sweet hitting. I, I've seen great defensive plays. The dude can play. If you've got, if three of your four infielders at any of the three positions, second, short, and third, are Arcia, Urias, and Hira, I'm fine with that. 
First base is going to be a, a rotating a, a cluster, platoon, and yes. hoping somebody gets hot the whole time. Um, but the other three spots, I mean, we got to get Hira to understand that you can't just hit a home run every time. That's right. Like he goes eighteen at bats and he hits a homer, and then he goes another twelve at bats and he hits a like. You got to do some other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but nice to see Yelich kind of starting to get going a little bit. Mm-hmm. He had some some real nice at bats um, this weekend. I, I just think that this lineup is going to be up and down if you continue to have these platoons. But if you can put these guys in a little more comfortable spot. I mean, look, I know Urias is the shortstop of the future for them, and they want him to play short. But you got Arcia right now, and you could do a lot worse than Arcia. And he's played pretty well this year. So, you know what, Urias? This year, you're third. You're at third base. Next, we'll, we'll talk about shortstop when this season's over and we can make those decisions because if, we've got a sample size of you. If it keeps Jerko maybe filling in first, because I think he filled in at first yeah. one game, yep. um, and I think he the one one of the few innings that I saw he had an error. Um, and if it keeps Sogard out of there, no matter his on-base percent, fine. I'm fine because they're, that's your – I mean, that left side, if you have RC and Urias there, awesome. Great defense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Fantastic. And that helps – and that in turn helps your pitching staff as oh, well. Sure. So you don't have to Which, worry about some of that stuff. I mean, give them credit. And you, and you have it in, in the notes before I even saw it. The back end of the bullpen has been fantastic. It's been very good. Fantastic. Devin Williams – can throw. Well, he reminds me a lot of Jeffress. Yeah, he really does. He he's he's got the heat, and then he's got that breaking ball mm-hmm. that that, and he can throw it for strikes and keep people honest. And, and when and when JJ was doing that, he was pretty much unhittable. It was when he couldn't get the breaking ball over, right? And the velocity came down a little bit because his arm fell off because they used <laughs> him so, so much. much. That's, right. That's when he started getting hit around. But yeah, I like Williams. Yardley's interesting. Yardley and, and Claudio with the sidearm well, yep, right. from opposite yep. sides of of the mound. You know, Yardley being a righty, Claudio a lefty. That's interesting. Phelps has been okay. Phelps has been good. I mean, obviously, haters, hater. Well, yeah. You know, Knable came in and gave up the bomb, and he's been a little erratic, but I, I think everybody kind of needed to expect that I coming think off that injury. You probably give him this season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just, I'm just happy that he's out there right, and able right. to contribute. Yep. So. The guy that's really been the most disappointing has been Narvaez. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they tried to bat him lead off the other day, which Council uh, made the say? comment something about, we, we know he's scuffling, but we wanted to get him more at bats. It's like, yeah, nothing screams good idea like the guy with the worst average batting lead off and getting more at bats than the guys that are hitting better than him. But Manny Pena, thankfully, has been good. And maybe we need a little more Manny Pena. That's what Anderson and Schroeder said. And a little less Narvaez. And you get an upgrade behind the plate with Pena as well. Yep. So, I mean, I saw a thing on Twitter. Uh, there's a, it's called Brew Crew Ball. It's a, a guy mm-hmm. I follow. And people were questioning the decision to bat Narvaez's uh, leadoff on Thursday. And he said his response was something to the effect of, well, he leads the team in walks and his on-base percentage is whatever. And it's like, yeah, but he's been up 55 times and he's got six hits, man. At the end of the day, the object of baseball is to hit the ball. Going up, being really good at standing there with the bat on your shoulder, like like a guy like him or a guy like Sogard, which the, the Brewers put a lot of value in that. I don't care if you walk if the next three guys strike out. So this team doesn't do a good job consistently of putting the bat on the right. ball, so walks are not valuable. 
unless you're just constantly playing for a three-run homer, <laughs> which they do a lot. Um, but all in all, it's a good step. Um, you know, they didn't get great starting pitching outings, especially early. Lindblom gave up three yesterday. Yes. Uh, Hauser gave up three the other day in the first. Lindblom gave up five. I think he, he gave, gave up, up five all, early. All five yeah. Of those. yeah. So they got to figure that out. Brett Anderson has not been good. No. Uh, Hauser was so bad they had to send him to Appleton. Or I'm sorry, not Hauser, no, no, Lauer. Hauser. Yes. They had to send him to Appleton. Um, so they've got, you know, Corbin Burns is going to start tomorrow. And yep. I mean, and the, another guy who's pitched awesome out of the bullpen for whatever reason, can't, him and Freddie Peralta, when they start, can't get it together. I don't know if it's a mental know. thing or That's what. A good question. Or maybe it's, you know, that second, third time through the lineup. Maybe guys can get a read on him a little better. I don't know, but. Um, it'd be nice to see one of those two guys grab that spot because it's there for the taking. Well, this is the that was the start of a ten game road trip. They are at Minnesota after tonight, so they got a couple of there, and then they play Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the Reds are going to. I mean, is that series now in danger? It could be because the Cardinals are back, and and, and we mentioned that they've they've played eight games. They're four and four. They're supposed to play a doubleheader today. I mean, you look, if they were going to try to make most of these games up, they're going to have to play doubleheaders like every five days. Yeah. How's that going to work? They're, and then they're going to whine about it because they're the Cardinals. Oh, um, they'll just, they, they'd rather probably just end the season at four and four and 500 will get you in. Did you see what the White Sox did to him yesterday? They uh-huh. hit back oh, yeah. to back four. to back to back. Four straights. Hate to see it. Like tenth time in major league I history. I felt bad because it was the dude's debut. Oh, was and it he, really? And he gave up all four bombs. Yeah, that's a shame. That's yeah, a shame. It's, I mean, the only way I would have been happier is if Molina would have gotten hit in the head. I, I, I had balls. You just that like the one where he got the foul tip a yeah. year or two ago, yep. where like oh, his whole was, body just was great crumbled. Like, yes. yeah, I want that again. <laughs> Had, I don't want him to die necessarily. Oh, no, I, I don't want him to die. But a good old nut shot. That's I'm I'm down for that because not only does it hurt him and put him on the shelf, it's yes, funny. It is getting guy getting hit in the head is not really funny. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, a, a question I had. Sure. I posed on Twitter and a couple people responded, kind of in the same line of thinking that I was. Um, watching the Brewer Cub game on Sunday with my parents. I just said out loud, like, why are there no fans at this game? I didn't answer you because I didn't want to get into an argument. Yeah, that, no, that's fine. Um, but, like, w- why can't we have, I don't know, a thousand people there? You, you could spread them out. You could have two people in a section. You could have a, everybody could have their own section. Um, and my dad's like, well, who would get to go? And I'm like, I don't know. Could be a random thing of season ticket holders. It could be as simple as we're going to allow the players' families come watch them play. I mean, if it's if they're at home. Like, if the Cubs are playing the Brewers and Rizzo's girlfriend, who he lives with, and, you know, Baez's wife and two kids want to go to the game, well, okay, well, this game, the section behind the plate is the Baez family section. Then we're going to skip a section. Then that's the Rizzo section. Then we're going to skip a section. And that's the Bryant section. Like, I don't know why we can't have a few people here. It doesn't really make any sense because, and, and if you want to have them wear a mask, have them wear a mask because we see people that work for the club or, or working for the TV networks yep. that are in the stands 
with masks on. They're, they're all wearing masks. So I, I, I just don't really get it. I think baseball is is by far, when compared to hockey, basketball, and golf, no fans is so noticeable. I mean, like when a dude's hitting a home run and he's running around the bases and there's just nobody there, it's really weird looking. It doesn't bother me so much. I don't disagree that you could develop a system. I don't think they can do it right now. I think they would have needed to have that in place at the beginning because you're now almost halfway done with the season mm-hmm. for, for most teams. And I think having them right now would be pointless. Um, I think you could develop a system. But I think the owners would only want to do that if you made money. Now, you could charge people extra, and I think they would go. Ju- sure. Just like they're paying for the rooftops across the street yeah. to go. My, I'm just thinking about this big picture about the, the distancing that you'd have to do with concession stands, with... Well, you're just um, with, not going to have that with stuff. bathrooms. You're just not going to have gonna anything. You're going to have concessions, or you're going to have one concession stand, and you're just going to have everybody gather there. Well, I mean, it's it's going to be like if you go in the gas station, man. I mean, you're going to have your little dots on the floor sure. of how far away you got to stand. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the NBA is doing it. The NBA now that the playoffs started are allowing people to bring in their family bit by bit. Mm-hmm. So it you know in controlled environments it can be done, and these players. That's why if it was the families, it would make a ton of sense because when the game's over, where the hell are they going anyway? Right. They're going home to these people. Right. So they're obviously fine. I think every anytime you Nobody's going to be pissed off if no. like there's if the f- quote unquote fans in the stands are like oh, Brian Braun's no, dad. That, that doesn't like, bother Nobody's me. gonna get pissed about that. I don't know whether you're gonna have that big of a difference and have it be noticeable for people that are there if there's only two or three or four people per section um, when they're there. I mean, it sure is not going to make a difference in the crowd noise. I like the ambient noise that whatever mixer, DJ, or whatever that they have. So at least they have something and, and the reactions have, have been met. But I think the owners are probably scared that if you start letting those random people in, whether they're families or not, and then you start letting your employees back in to work and clean up and take tickets or work concession or whatever. You're just increasing the risk of having more people there and, and the possibility of something going wrong for an outbreak. I'm, I'm, then, then, I'm go not out your, then go out in your backyard, dig a hole, and sit in it. <laughs> just just dig, dig yourself a fallout shelter and just sit there. Because the world is still spinning and everything is still moving. And there's precautions that can be taken to ensure that these things work. We're seeing it now in practice. I, I guess it just doesn't drive me as batty because I'm willing to just let this season go as it is. And then just whatever happens this season, fine. Do whatever you got to do to get through it and try to get teams playing and get everybody through it. And then we'll worry about a full season next year. If you want to make protocols and stuff next year, if we're still dealing with stuff, fine. Then we can have those conversations. But right now, I honestly don't care. The players are on the field. They're playing the game. That's all I care about. That's all I care about. And and, and you feel differently, and that's fine. But I don't disagree that there's a way to do it. Um, I, I just I think from the owner's perspective, they're so worried about keeping the team on the field that they don't want to do anything, no matter how trivial, that might jeopardize that. Yeah, maybe, that's, maybe so. That's that. That's just where I come at it. Um, 
So Brewers and Twins, and then I think they're at the Reds. So we'll see. With who did, did players or staffers test positive on the Reds? Do we know that? I'm not sure. Okay, I'm not sure. Um, switch to the NBA, and the regular season ended at the end of last week, and then they had explain to me how the playoff game worked because it sounded like the there was a team that was tied with somebody else for the spot, but then they didn't get in because of some tiebreaker that they didn't own or something like that? Well, the way they set it up was if you – so the top eight make the playoffs in each conference. So if a team was within four games of the eighth spot, so if the ninth seed was within four games of the eighth spot, they were going to have a play-in a uh, little tournament thing okay. with those two teams. Well, what ended up happening was like four teams were like tied for ninth or were within like percentage points of each other. So then they have to go to all their tiebreakers, head to head, you know, points against all the whatever ones they used. <clears throat> so Phoenix went eight and zero in the bubble and was tied with Portland, but they lost a tiebreaker to Portland. So Portland ended up with the nine okay. seed. And then, got to play Memphis who with the eight seed. That's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Then okay, okay. Um, and and you said that that game was was really good. It was good. It was entertaining. Um, it it had a little bit of that March Madness feel because it was one and done. You know, you won your well. Portland actually, I let me correct myself. Portland ended up being the eight seed. Memphis was the nine seed. Right. So Memphis would have had to beat Portland twice to make the playoffs, where Portland only had to beat them once, which they did on Saturday uh, in a close game. because if you're the lower seed, you got to beat the one above you. Okay, that's fine. So, I mean, it was a good game. I I, I mean, to be honest, I was kind of dozing on the couch between that and the Brewer game that day. But um, from what I watched, it was was good. I mean, I don't know what the hell is going on in this bubble with the way teams are scoring. Um. I mean, Damian Lillard's had three games over 50, one over 60. Um, today, in game one of the uh, Nuggets-Jazz uh, game, Donovan Mitchell had 57 points. That's the third most in playoff history. They scored 100. The final score was like 145 to 135. Then Toronto played the second game against the Nets and scored 135 points in, so, in a win. Sounds like an all-star game. It, it's It's weird, like... I I can't quite figure it out. I thought that maybe once the playoffs started today that the the defense would kind of clamp down because it was a little lax in some of the bubble games because not every game had a lot of meaning for all these teams. Sure. But now this is the money time. But I mean in the first two and a half games there hasn't been much defense played or these guys are just shooting out of their minds and I don't know what it is. I mean maybe it's the uh it's the shooting backgrounds. In the in the smaller arena where they're playing, it's sure. not this big cavernous place like the Fiserv. So maybe they're just it's a little bit better sight lines for them. I'm not sure, um, but if these games are going to be played this way, like it's a crapshoot on who's going to win. It's whoever's going to get hot. What do you think of? Because I've I've heard and seen and read people who are legit NBA fans, not just Bucks fans. People who are legit basketball fans loathe the fact that there's a playoff game at 1230 in the afternoon, which the Bucks have on Tuesday. Is that, I mean, to me, and I guess maybe it's because I don't work in the afternoon. You're somebody who puts in afternoon hours, so you're going to be working during the Bucks game tomorrow. 
Um, when you want to watch something like that and you're at work, I I mean, you, are, are they are they just you're just talking about playoff games in general, not because it's a buck game. You're just talking about any game Correct. that starts that yes. early. Okay. Um, I mean, how are I mean, to me, if because we get that sometimes with the Major League Baseball playoffs when they have four games, they got to start like with a noon or a one game. Mm-hmm. It just it just got to be that way. And now that they have this set up. They don't like the fact that it starts just after lunch. Well, I think my response to that is kind of what you just responded with the fans at the baseball games. Um, That's just the way it's got to be this year. There's really no other way to do it uh, because they want to broadcast. I mean, this is a playoff, so they're going to broadcast every game anyway. Uh, But they've got limited capacity of where to play the games. They want to make sure everything's clean and it's just the easiest way to do it. I mean, I would love to be able to watch the Bucks tomorrow uh, live. I mean, I'll probably DVR it, depending on the outcome. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll decide how much of it I watch. But, um, yeah, I mean, as a Bucks fan, I've seen a lot of Bucks fans complaining that they're playing tomorrow at noon. I also have heard a couple of radio people use it as an opportunity to take some pot shots at the Bucks for being in that game. As opposed to, you know, being in the like like right now it's Boston uh, Philly here at it started at five thirty yes. tonight. Instead of being in that game, right. they're the early game. Well, that really has nothing to do with the Bucks. They're playing Orlando, and Orlando has no star, and it's probably going to be it's assumed to be a four or five game series anyway. Um, it beat just, them all four it's times. It's just not that interesting. It's probably sure. the least interesting of the eight first-round matchups. But they're using that as an excuse to see to see say, hey, yeah, I mean, your number one seed is from the Midwest, and it's boring. Well, right. That's why it's at twelve. I mean, look, Toronto's the defending champion, and they play today at three o'clock. But they're playing Brooklyn, who has no Kevin Durant, no Kyrie Irving. So, and even Toronto doesn't have a star like Giannis. So, like. The casual guy is fine with missing that game. They would much rather watch Embiid versus the Celtics now or the late game tonight is going to be Luka versus Kawhi. Mm -hmm. You know, tomorrow night the main game is going to be LeBron versus Dame Lillard. I mean, it's they're they're TV shows at the end of the day. Giannis doesn't have anybody to go up against. If he was playing against somebody that had a better individual star, I think that game would not be at noon. But at the end of the day – the only people that I care about, if it bothers, are, are the are the twelve guys in the Bucks uniform, right? Because NBA teams don't usually play that early. Like, I, it's always one of those things. If you're ever betting college basketball, the road team in a conference game at on a Saturday at eleven o'clock, they're gonna lose. Yeah, because they're out of their element. They're used to playing at night. They're at, they had to sleep in a hotel. They're up early. It, their travel. whole day yeah. is out of whack. So, I mean, it's going to be the same for both NBA teams, you know, regardless. But um, I just hope that the Bucks are ready to go because this is one of those series that get in, get out, stay healthy, get some rest because after the first round, it's going to be a, a real tough, tough go for them. All right, you pretty much mentioned almost all the um... – the matchups, do you want to run down yeah. and, and point out anything else? Lakers in Portland is the 1-8 in the West. I mean, everybody's kind of on the Portland bandwagon because of the way Lillard's been playing. And they're kind of the sexy upset pick right now over the Lakers. And how do you feel about that? I think that'll be lucky to, if it, I think, five games. Max? Like, yeah. Okay. Um, I just Portland has had to blow their wad so much to get into the playoffs. <laughs> I don't, Lillard can't play any better. 
This team hit, plays no defense. They have nobody to guard LeBron or Anthony Davis. Uh, I think that's going to be a quick one. Okay. Uh, Houston versus OKC. This is the Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. We're traded for each other yes. and now are playing in the first round. Um, so that'll be interesting. Westbrook is out for game one for sure. He's got a quad injury. They're they're hoping to have him back at some point in the series. If he doesn't play, I think OKC wins in a, in a pretty shocking upset, which would mean uh, Houston would definitely fire Mike D'Antoni. Um, Denver and Utah, they played this afternoon. Uh, that's the 3-6. Denver, as I mentioned, won in overtime. Mitchell had 57 for Utah. No Mike Conley early in this round. His wife had a baby, so he had to leave the bubble. Yeah, now even if they stay alive, he's going to have to quarantine he, four for... days, they said. Okay. Four days, because they know where he's going. He's just going and coming back, so he's only got to do a short time. They said they hope to have him back by game three or four. Um, okay, But then. they could be down 0-2 at that right. point. Um, and then the late game tonight, Clippers versus Dallas. I mean, that'll be fun just because you got Porzingis, Luka, Kawhi, Paul George. So there's some good players in that one. All right. uh, in the East, Bucks and Orlando's one eight. Four uh, five is India, Indiana versus Miami. Um, I think Miami will take that one, but six or seven games. Um, I'm not looking forward to the Bucks playing Miami. Uh, I think if, even if it goes six or seven, yeah. I, I just it's a bad matchup. I think if the Bucks can beat. Miami in the second round, I think they'll go to the finals. I think that's going to be their toughest matchup. Um, 3-6, Boston and Philly, they're playing right now. I like Boston in that one and probably 5. And 2-7 is Toronto-Brooklyn. Toronto won this afternoon uh, by like 20-something. Um, Van Vliet was 8 for 10 from 3. Like, really? Um, so I think that'll be another 4 or 5 gamer as well. So. Okay. Um, we'll we'll kind of you know we'll we'll, we'll run through that. these as yep. as the as it goes on. I think it's going to be, I think I think these series. I've got a couple of them going only four or five games. I would not be surprised if we see four or five or six of these series go seven games because there's no home court, and I just think with the way the shooting has been, it's gonna there's going to be some randomness. You know, mm-hmm. it's what you know when you get in the. It's like anything, any any of the three major sport, even hockey. When you're on the road in a playoff game and the home team starts making a run and you can kind of see guys, the shoulders wilt and some guys that aren't quite ready. They're kind of shitting their pants. They don't want to shoot the ball. That's gone. Step on. Yeah. So all those timeouts that a coach has got to call that kind of, you know, the crowd's going bonkers. That's gone. So it's just a, it's a different dynamic. Sure. Makes sense. I, I don't know. I think it'll be kind of interesting to see how that plays out. Okay. Um, I got into a discussion with somebody. I don't can't remember if it was over the weekend or when it happened, but I saw his Facebook post, and that's red flag number one. Is it, It's on Facebook. <laughs> he he posted an article or with the video of Giannis headbutting, and I don't know where this guy's basketball loyalties lie, but he he's a Redskins football fan, and he's a Cubs fan. Oh, my God, he's so confused. So his whole argument for the Giannis headbutt was that he's a hothead and he should have been suspended way more than that and this is twice that he's lost his cool in the last week and he's not a legitimate guy and he's really being a baby and blah 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 now I don't know to quote um, Ruth and Ozark I don't know shit about fuck but what I do know is what you've told me 
and what I see and read. And I, I couldn't watch Bucks games because we didn't have Fox Sports Wisconsin up until a couple of weeks ago. My general impression about Giannis is that, from what you've told me, the NBA doesn't really respect Milwaukee as a legitimate market. They like your East Coasts and your bigger, fran- you know, storied franchise teams a lot more. Even though he's the reigning MVP, the guy gets no respect and doesn't get calls like some of these other superstars do. And so players realize that because they're not stupid, and they're going to see how far they can push him. And they're going to see how rough they can be without getting called. And sooner or later, Giannis is going to pick up on that, and he's going to get pissed because he's not blind either. He can see what happens around the league, and he can see what he can do compared to the other guys and see that he should be on par, and that might make him just a little bit irritable. And that was basically all I said to the guy. I was like, when you add all that up, don't you think that just the way it went down, it's like he ran over the guy and swung at him like a pendulum with his head. He just walked up to him, talked a little trash, and just kind of gave him a little forehead. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. It was a little love tap. Mm-hmm. And I just said, how do you get to everything that you just talked about given this information? And he had, first of all, he said, I know you're the, you know, the, you're the cool radio sports guy in Janesville and you're the only opinion that matters. And I don't know why that had to do with anything. It's just a way it's a, it's, it's, I don't have a response. Total deflection. And, and then a couple of other people started chiming in and bad mouth of the guy first, but it's like, I, I, I just, I don't understand how you can't get to that narrative, but it's like, and then you told me about what's her name, not voting for LeBron because of some, Statistic that she didn't even watch anything or look at any stats, just said something about he's led the Lakers to the playoffs when he hasn't, really. And that's a national person who's supposed to watch the league. Like, the the ignorance of the the nation surrounding Milwaukee for a Bucs fan has got to be pretty maddening. Oh, yeah. Um... Sorry, I know that's, no, a, no, lot. No, no, a, couple, I know that's yeah. a lot to unpack. I'll, I'll hit as many as I can. Uh, for, start with, you can't do that, Yana. You can't do that. You no. Can't, you can't headbutt a guy. Absolutely. And look. Don't disagree. Most of the people that listen to our podcast, I assume, are Badger fans. Probably. Or or at least watch Badger basketball games. <laughs> Mo Wagner has been pulling this shit against good players for a year. He did it for years at Michigan. He's doing it now in the NBA. He's a not a lot of talent, um, plays really hard guy. And him and Giannis got into it earlier this year in a game in Washington where Giannis kind of faux threw an elbow at him and got called for a technical, I think. Um, so there's some history there. Um, if you read Giannis's comments after the game, and the same with Budenholzer's after the game. It ties in a lot to what I've talked to you about prior with the lack of respect that it seems that he gets around the league. Now, fans of other teams would say, the guy shoots like 10 free throws a game. What are you complaining about? He probably should shoot about 18. Um, You know, Budenholzer and Giannis both said, "I've I've, I've constantly got guys flopping. When they flop... They're down under my feet. So when I'm leaving the ground, 
I now can't really concentrate on my shot as much when I'm going to the basket because I have to worry about whether Marcus Smart flopped and is laying underneath my feet. And you're going to my bu- my two hundred and fifty million dollar ankles. Ankles. That's right. So that's a problem. And when the referees in the NBA, and it's not just with the Bucks, it's a league wide, it's a basketball problem, frankly. When you're constantly rewarding bad defense by calling flops. This is what this is the kind of stuff that it builds to. Giannis reminds me a little bit of LeBron early in his career and a lot of Shaq when especially when Shaq was on the Lakers when they were winning titles. They're probably the most difficult guy in the league to officiate because they're bigger and stronger than everybody in the league. Um when when Giannis snapped the other day and did that it instantly reminded me of there was a play when Shaq was on the Lakers. They're playing the Bulls in Chicago. And Brad Miller is the center for the Bulls, and he's giving up four or five inches and probably 120 pounds on Shaq. <laughs> and Shaq buries him under the basket and turns to go up, and Brad Miller just swats at his arms and follows him. And and as he does it, he kind of walks away to the baseline. Well, it was it wasn't even an egregious play. But it was the straw that broke the camel's back, and you can go on YouTube and watch it. Shaq throws one of the wildest haymakers at anybody I've ever seen. If he had connected with Miller, he might have killed him, but thankfully he missed him, and it turned into a big fight. But my point is, when you're constantly getting fouled, it adds up. And Shaq has said before, look, I'm big. It still hurts because the guys following me are big and strong. So just because I'm bigger doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt or that I'm not getting fouled. And I think Giannis's frustrations with that have just finally come to the point where I think the Bucks are, are feeling a lot of outside pressure as an organization. I think <laughs> I think Giannis, you, you watching it right now? No, I just said the first. I just Google. I just YouTubed Shaq Brad Miller. The first video that comes up, Shaquille O'Neal almost kills all caps yeah. Brad Miller. So I think Giannis is feeling it personally because you're getting now all of the talk show hosts saying it's finals or championship or bust, and if he doesn't win, he's a failure, and he's going to have to leave. So all of that culminated with the stuff on the floor. Wow. Yeah, right? That didn't even look that bad. No, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, like you said. He's been hit a hundred times worse than that. He had Miller on his back right side, and then somebody was on his left side, so they collapsed on him. But, I mean, they, they stumble, and he doesn't even have his feet, and he just wildly swings with his right. Yeah. There it goes. Yeah, he's walking away. He almost hit the referee in that, and there's a huge squall. So, that, I mean, it, okay. it happens. It happens. It's a culmination of things. Hopefully, I mean, I he, I have no, and it also reminded me of when Giannis threw Mike Dunleavy into the third row in the playoffs that's a couple right. of years ago after Dunleavy cheap-shotted Carter Williams. So that's in Giannis, and that's part of what makes him great. It's part of why I love him as a player is because he brings it every day. Sure. And when you bring it every day like that, shit happens. I mean, you, you watch The Last Dance, Michael Jordan punched Steve Kerr. Right. Shit happens. Um. But hopefully this little outburst, maybe the NBA and the uh, and the referees take a little bit of notice, and maybe he gets a little bit of a benefit of the whistle once in a while on some of these uh, plays under the basket. That's my hope. Okay. Um, as far as the bubble, uh, they've really done this, and I think 
a lot of the organizations see it and they're trying to replicate it as best they can without sending everybody to one city because in a lot of places you just can't do it. You know, you can't do it in, I mean, to a degree you can't do it because there's no resort, there's no border that will equitably fit the amount of athletes yeah, and, the, just and, too many guys. and the amount of yeah, games that yeah. you're going to need. Same thing with football. There's, there's just too many people. There's not enough facilities right. to have all these games and all these people. Like, baseball in Arizona is about the closest thing you could you, you could come to because of all the suburb areas that, ha- that had They're, all the minor league Yeah, but they just, it gets too hot. That's why they didn't want to play down there. I wouldn't be surprised at all you if go you to saw Florida. There's, well, there's some down in Florida. I wouldn't be surprised at all if you saw baseball do some kind of a bubble in the playoffs. You know, they, they and, and I. To I mean, my if the Dodgers, if the Dodgers played the Yankees, do you really want them flying cross country forth, no. three times? No. Where you could just say, "Hey, we're going to have the World Series at Wrigley, right? Or or at Bush Stadium. We're going to have it right in the center of the country. It's an even stay, fight for both teams. There. Everybody yes. plays seven games there. Yep, you're you're, you're going to some of you going to be. That wouldn't home. surprise me. Some of you going to be away. Yeah, yeah that wouldn't okay. surprise me. No, that's not bad. They're they're already talking about that in college basketball. Like at the beginning of the year, having okay, you're going to pick. 12 teams, and you're going to send them over here, that's going to be your non-conference group. Everybody's going to play everybody. There's your non-conference schedule. Now you go back and you play your conference slate. Mm-hmm. That's That's been a proposal that's out there, and that's, I don't know whether it's going to work, but everybody seems to see this bubble and be like, how can we get some sort of semblance of this and apply it to what we're doing. Yeah, and hockey's been very good up to this point as well. Zero positives in two different cities. But it is. It's the, you know, the amount of people is so much smaller on right. a hockey and a basketball team compared to baseball, For sure. especially football. Um, but the the controlled environment is apparently what you need. Yeah. And and once, you know, it, it it's funny how society works, especially in this day and age with social media. But, you know, once... Once a couple of NBA players and then a couple of dudes on the Cardinals, once they were publicly outed and shamed, you've really heard nothing about this uh, going on with guys breaking the rules. Um, You know, there have been guys from the NBA that have had to leave and come back. But after the Lou Williams thing with going to the strip club and how big of a deal that became and how much shit he took. I think everybody else took a little bit of notice. Look at Zach Plesak. Yeah. Well, and it says that that is like fractured that team. Two dumbasses that wanted to just go out and have a good time in Chicago. But now I think players and especially the young players, because it's not, it's not the guys in their thirties that are breaking these rules. It's these young single guys that don't have anything to go home to that are breaking the rules. So hopefully you know, the guys around the league take notice of the Indians doing the right thing and saying, get the hell out of here. We're not going to put up with this shit. Go home. And just the embarrassment of being the idiot that screws this up. That's the only, that's my only hope for the NFL. I mean, everybody that I've talked to that knows well, anything about sports has said, how are they going to play football? How are they going to play football? I have... What team was it and what kid was it they cut him for trying to sneak a woman in? Yeah, I... I um, it was an undrafted rookie. Seahawks? Yeah, yeah. Se- Seahawks. It was an undrafted rookie. It's yeah. like, what are you doing? I tried, tried to dress her all up in Seahawks clothing like it was a player coming back onto the campus or whatever it was. Wow. But like, like anybody that I talked to has said, well, how you know, well, what what how's football going to be played? How are you going to have that much contact when you go across and you play in a different stadium? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? Well, 
My only hope is basically how you just said it because the Packers actualities from players that I listen to, I get probably three players a day, and there's probably seven or eight cuts, some some quotable. One of those always is personal responsibility when you're away from the team facility because they all realize that you can't go do that and still hope to play because invariably you're going to have an outbreak your team's not going to have a success if you need to bench guys or quarantine them and bring in somebody else it's just not going to work they all i think they're seeing this and they realize or they've been just just the message has been hammered home that guys you got to give up a little bit of freedom for the next couple of months if you're going to play and you're going to earn paychecks well and i think there's a culture to that, and I think that's a little bit more of a football thing. That's one of the last remaining sports that kind of polices their own, where, you know, you're not here. You haven't heard any NBA guy say that personal responsibility. You haven't heard even you. Very few baseball people have talked about that. Football is such a macho sport as it is that yeah they want to have the personal responsibility. And they have dudes in that locker room that will call your ass out and get in your face. Like, some big fat lineman that nobody outside of a football nerd knows who they are, they'll go get in Odell Beckham's face. Because at the end of the day, that big fat lineman could whoop the shit out of Odell Beckham. (laughs) Doesn't matter how many Instagram followers he has, if he's being an idiot and he's going out and doing shit, there's going to be a guy in that locker room that's going to go, what are you doing, you moron? I'm going to kick the shit out of you. You don't really have that in the other sports. So I think for football, um, it's going to be like a week-to-week thing, man. It's, it's you know, hopefully these guys, I don't know, are they going to do something with the helmet? We've, we've heard some stuff with some shielding. You're right, like, but, I mean. For... I even thought, like, could you, would it be feasible to wear a mask in a football game? I don't know. The people that I had, the players that I've seen comment about it, saying that when you get to running and doing drills and have that on in addition to your helmet, it's so hard oh, to breathe. And that may, I, that would make total sense to me. And you need your oxygen. For I mean, sure. When, when, when you go over to the sideline and they're feeding it to you oh, in well, tubes. When Rodgers is running a no huddle and the fat-ass nose tackle for the Vikings is just sprinting his ass off 30 <laughs> yards downfield trying to not be offsides, yeah, yeah that could be a problem. Um. I don't. How is the? Fa- I haven't read anything about family members being allowed in. I, mean, I don't I mean, know you, the exact. Kind of touched on that. Basically, it's like I think you can bring your significant other. Okay. And if you have a child that's like small, you can bring them. It's a nice. Trip. I don't think you. I don't think LeBron can bring his seventeen-year-old, but I think he can bring his four-year-old. N- nice trip to Disney for for a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of and nice. it, and and you know with the playoffs starting, they got rid of uh, six teams. Right. So then after this round, you'll get rid of another eight. So as these teams and all their personnel leave, they're going to allow more and more of the families to come in, which is cool. You know, well, that's, and, that's fine. And, I mean, it, you know, they've had the video board behind, which yep. is cool. And, like, you know, they've had former players of teams sitting in there. They've had little ki- you know, the children of players in there. So it's it's been cool. But, you know, if they could get their families down there for a couple weeks, you know, I think mentally – Oh, it's help. probably weighing on some of these guys. I mean, they've been down there now for like six weeks. Yep. You know, and if you make the finals, you still got another two months. Yeah. No, they're right. talking about like last week of September starting the finals. So, 
Yeah. That's a long time. That's a long time. All right, that will uh, put a wrap on the NBA discussion. We'll quickly move to the NFL. We'll touch on some NCAA, and then we'll wrap up with some high school. Saturday, the Packers signed uh, defensive tackle Kenny Clark, nose tackle, I should say, to a four-year, $70 million deal. He's the highest-paid nose tackle in Packers history. Uh, he is the uh, 12th highest defensive player, uh, paid player in the NFL now. And his signing bonus is the largest for a Packers player that is a non-quarterback in franchise history. All of what you just said seems very strange to me. (laughs) Well, I looked at some pro football focus guys, and you know how important Aaron Donald is to that Rams team. Kenny Clark's statistics up against Aaron Donald are almost identical. He's the second guy behind Donald to put up that many good numbers. He's not getting paid as much as him. And he's not getting double teamed as much as him. That's true. That is true. Uh, because, well, which is surprising because I don't think the Packers really have anybody else up front that's. Yeah, I just I don't thought. I why it, you don't double team. I anyway. just thought it was. Uh, when I saw it, I was just surprised that they paid him as much as they paid him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the years is fine. Four, four that's years, fine. that's not bad, because I mean, four years, that really means two years. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, they gave him a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Gave him a lot of money for a pretty volatile position. I mean, if there's a position on defense that guys seem to go down a lot, it's that interior lineman. You're huge. You're huge. You're getting your legs falling you on. You need your ankles and your knees and you know, all that stuff. You know, you're right. To 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 invest in, not, and I'm not even knocking Kenny Clark, but to invest in any player at that position that's not super special like Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. That's a risky spot. It's a risky place to put a lot of money in, and I heard you uh, this morning talk about the amount of money they have invested in him and the two Smiths. Yes. $50 million in one season Ooh. for three guys. That's a lot of money. That is a lot. For a defense that got shredded twice by, by the 49ers. 49ers. And, and they got shredded a couple by, by a couple of other teams, don't get me wrong, but at the beginning of the season, they did, I mean, people don't, don't remember that I, they they were actually doing they really were, well. They were the very run. impressive early on. They were really doing really well, and then I I were to, thinking they were maybe the best defense in football. I'd have to go back and look at. I I don't know what changed. I don't know if there were injuries or people just figured it out or Patton was getting too cute. I, I I don't know. I don't know what happened, but it seemed a lot easier to run the ball at against them in the second half of the season and then the playoffs. Yeah. Um. But I mean. Running the ball, you, you. I've read from people. You need two run stuffers. You need two guys. You need. You don't need two Kenny Clarks, but you need one of those guys and another big dude just to eat up a gap. And you need fast inside linebackers that can then just fly to the ball. Well, people have been bitching about that inside linebacker position for Green Bay for years, and they haven't really done anything about it. Mm-hmm. They bitched about Blake Martinez, and then Blake Martinez threw Mike Pettin under the bus because there was apparently no scheme and no gap assignments and, and stuff like that. So I, I don't know what to believe on that end. I'm more likely to side um, with the defensive coordinator who's been in the league and is well-respected than Blake Martinez, who has just made a lot of tackles downfield, I guess. Um, but, I mean, I'm just looking at it. You got five guys that you are, are going to be big free agents at the end of the year. Clark's one of them. Bakhtiari's one. Aaron Jones is one. Kevin King is one. And then I think it's Corey Lindsley. 
I'd put Clark probably in the top two, top three that you probably wouldn't want or need to have back. So you like the signing. You're, you're good I'm fine with it. it. Yeah. I'm fine. It's I mean, if, if it doesn't kill your cap room and it doesn't uh, – and that's weird because I saw Andrew Brandt, um, former cap guy for the Packers. I, I, I like following him on Twitter. He seems like a very reasonable, very level-headed guy. He, he interpreted something about – Somebody said something, we don't have enough cap room for that. And he said, that's an excuse that says, translation, we don't want to sign the guy. That's so, the the cap room excuse apparently is not a thing. You can figure it out. Right. That's what they pay guys like him for. Right. Yeah. If if you want him, you'll get him. You'll figure him. it out. You'll, you'll, so, I'm fine with that. If I don't know who else they're going to sign, I mean, that leaves enough um, questions about, okay, who's next? I saw somebody write for Packers Wire, Jones needs to be next. Bakhtiari, apparently you can get him cheaper at the end of the season, or you can franchise tag him. Apparently there's going to be a lot. And they just drafted a guy that plays center who's already jumped up to second team um, to play behind Lindsley. So it wouldn't surprise me if, if he's gone. But Aaron Jones, have you seen pictures of this A.J. Dillon guy, the, yeah, the running back? quite built. Holy shit. Yeah. But people are drooling over this guy. But we don't know what he can do yet because nobody's trapped on any pads. Right, right. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with Kenny Clark. That's, that's I, it. I saw two funny things about the Packers the last couple days. I saw an article and I didn't click on it because I just couldn't. It said the Packers now have two number one corners, and it listed Kevin King and and Alexander. And I, and I was like, neither one of them are a number one corner. He said that. Oh, Kev- he said that. Kevin King said that. Okay. He said, "How you know? How does it feel like you know playing next to Jiry Alexander, the number one corner uh, on the team, and you guys are now a pretty good tandem?" Well, I feel like we have two number one corners. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I think Alexander is a nice player, but like, I think there's their bottom half number one guy in the league. I mean, I don't know. I, I, you, you don't I have just, two of them. I just don't think <laughs> King has played well enough to live up to his draft status of where he was picked and then he, he had a decent year last year and alexander he had interceptions yeah that's which fine. isn't necessarily the measure of a good player because guess what they're throwing at you well not only that but you also have to tackle yes but you have a lot of opportunities to get picks because they're picking on you right yeah if you get you know if they throw at you more that that's why i like be telling that's why something. i don't know that Dion ever led the league in picks nobody threw, nobody threw over there no daryl revis maybe once until everybody was like, "Oh shit, we can't throw over there." That's a number one, right? You know, right. when 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 Rod they, Woodson was a number when one. When they scheme away yes. from you, when the field is cut in half, right? Because you're on it. Yeah, that's a number that's one. Right. I um, did, and then the other thing I saw was um, somebody put on Twitter today that uh, Aaron Rodgers was very jovial and telling jokes at at practice today and. Oh, I think it was a quote from their backup, Boyle. Is that his oh, name? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Tim yeah, Boyle. That, uh, he was very jovial and telling jokes, and he's been great to him and Jordan Love so far this year. And then everybody in the comment section was adding pro football talk. Oh, oh, that's right. You know, like, how do you like that, Florio? And it's like, what do you think Rodgers is? Like, what? this is the thing with, and this is why, again, we go back to the Packers putting themselves in this position where it's going to be a story every day, but it's like, what the hell do people think Aaron Rodgers is going to do? That's right. Do they think he's going to walk out and punch the kid in the face every morning? Like, I don't understand. Plenty of people work with people that they either don't like, which I don't even know if that's the case, or resent. Right. You're not walking around your office just, like, throat punching these people. Like, you just 
move on with life. You there, just go about your business. There was something about Rodgers threw a football to somebody who wasn't looking at it, hit him in the head. It might have been Jordan Love or Tim Boyle or something like that, and then somebody rewrote the headline to say Rodgers chucks pass yeah. at Jordan Love, um, instigating an immediate feud, and then it said Pro Football Talk headline tomorrow probably. It's so dumb. It, it is because it's it's, so dumb. I I get so excited for training camp because I like football. I like hearing about guys, what they're doing on the field, what they look like. But you know what? I get really tired really quick of training camp tweets about this pass to this guy looked great. It was a great catch over the shoulder on a deep route. There was a lot of speed. This guy ran a good route and an outstretched catch. And like I get tired of that stuff because you know what? There's no pads and there's no defenders for the first couple practices. I don't care about any of that stuff. Anybody generally can look good when there's nobody in front of them and they're not wearing any pads. But yeah. these guys talk that stuff up so well, much. It's, it's exhausting. It's the it's the uh, um, street free agent that's on the Brewers in spring training who's hitting 400 in the second week of Look March. This guy. He's going to be... Uh... But no, what they don't tell you is that every team he's playing, their starters throwing one inning and then it's a bunch of minor league guys. You know what I mean? I I just I just and you know I mean I guess technically we have a sports podcast so I guess technically we're part of it but like I just can't stand sports media period anymore because <laughs> everything is like the biggest deal in the world yes, and everybody right. and everything is the greatest thing of all time and there's just so many stupid takes and like you even touched on it with the Giannis thing Ramona Shelbourne on ESPN says that she's voting for LeBron for the narrative because it's a better story if he wins the MVP. And and she used the fact that he guided the Lakers to the playoffs this year after missing it last year and for the prior six years. And it's like, well, LeBron wasn't on the Lakers until last year, so the prior years of them not making it didn't matter, and they didn't make it last year when he was on the team. And then he got Anthony Davis, and now he makes it, so now it's a better – like, that's – Dumb. Those are that's a dumb take. Not only that, but it's insulting. You shouldn't have a vote. You're not qualified. Correct. What you've basically said is I'm not qualified to determine on the floor who's the better player and had the better season. So I have to create my own reason yep. off the floor yes. as to why this is. Yep. It's so stupid. Agree hundred percent. Like, you know, when when Rogers it is on the sideline at some point this year, and Jordan Love's going to have a headset on, and Jordan Love's going to be talking to Rodgers, and Rodgers is going to walk away or roll his eyes or act like he's not paying attention. Or and, wave him off. And it's going to be a thing. Yes, it will. All it's the- like, but it's like, it's the middle of the game. Is this a time to be working on your relationship? No. It's you're not. in the heat of right. battle. That's right. But you know how many get- times people, like, I got in screaming fights with people I was on the same team with. And it happens all the time in sports. But I guarantee you, during the production meeting before the game, there's oh. it's going to be said. There's probably a camera Correct. on Jordan Love. Correct. Yeah. You follow that guy, and if there's something on Rodgers, we're going to be watching, and we're going to come to you right away. Because they that's what they want to see, and that's what they want to talk and about. And it's so unfair. It's unfair to Rodgers, who, who has earned the right to not have to deal with that. And it's unfair to Jordan Love to put that kind of pressure on him when he did not ask for any of it. He just got picked by a team that already had a quarterback. 
How do you think it feels to have your quadriceps rupture? Mm. I got. I I tore a hamstring, and that hurt a lot. Yeah. I can only imagine what a quadricep feels like. That must be just awful. Cowboys are down Gerald McCoy for the year because his quad ruptured. Uh I I don't even know what to say to. Yeah, that. that's rough. I. That seems like a common injury, though, with a lot of those interior D linemen is the that that quad injury. Well, there's just so they they squat and and then the hips and the lower half is just it's got to be tight. Yeah, because you're just you're driving with those legs all the time. I remember when Triple H tore his quad. Remember that? Ooh, and he finished a match with it. They basically had to like I'm carry getting, him out of the ring. I'm getting, you could. It, it, I'm getting goosebumps. You just see it roll. Yeah, up. it's like a. Yeah. It's like the old. Uh, what do you call that? The window drape or whatever yeah. that you this that had the spring in it, and it just rolled up. I remember when we were in high school, Coach Suter tore his bicep, and it, oh! and it, and it looked like that. And, and it he, rolled and he, up, and, and, and he's like, "I'm not getting that fixed. Pass on it." Like, yeah, boy, Sudsy, you got it. <laughs> you the man. <laughs> I'm not getting it fixed. Piss on it. That's sure, right. that'll work. Tough old bird. Um, Monday Night Football crew for this year: Steve Levy, Bob Greaseball, and Lewis Riddick. How do you Brian Grease or Brian Grease? Yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah. What do you think of that? Uh I like Levy. I think I, I think he does a pretty good job. I like Riddick. Yeah, I like Riddick too. He's he gives a a, a front office perspective sure. on a lot of this stuff that's not as emotional mm-hmm. as when you are talking to like a former player on right. some of those shows. It's 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 more reasoned. And I that's the perspective that which, I like. And I and I would like to hear that live in a broadcast. Mm-hmm. Brian Greasy, he's fine. He's just very milk toast. He's yep. he's kind of boring. He doesn't bring a lot and and with professional sports, I have a little bit of a problem when the commentator was not a good player. Unless they're really, really good. Good at their job. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, Chris Spielman, mm-hmm. I always thought, was a, a very good commentator. Even I thought I thought Matt Millen was a very good commentator. But those guys were by no means stars, you know. But, like, Brian Greasy, I don't know. He was pretty, damn he good. Was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he might have made an all-pro team or two, but he wasn't, like, a superstar or no. anything. He wasn't, he wasn't Lawrence Taylor. No. You no, know? No, no. And that's, like, with the NBA, it's, like, it's cool when Reggie Miller's on, but, like, if you listen to, like, the Spurs home broadcast and it's, you know, some Malik Rose, some dude who's, like, the seventh man on their 99 team, it's kind of <laughs> like, eh. <laughs> like, I know you were there. Yeah. You kind of know, but, like, you don't really know. Where it's like that's why I always really wanted Peyton Manning in the booth. I thought that'd be great, but I, lo- I think these guys will be. They're certainly going to be better than Tess, uh, Witten, and Booger. I said that good today Lord. that they have a potential to be to be really good. And I, I guess what Monday Night Football has always tried to do is get that straight lace play by play guy, get an analyst, and then get a character. And I'm tired of characters. Yeah. We don't need characters anymore. We need somebody to just diagnose what's happening. Tell me it in a reasonable fashion and make sure that I can understand it. I know that you and most, well, all Packer fans around here don't like Buck and Aikman, but there's a reason those guys do the best Fox game every week, and it's because there's no bullshit. I don't mind Aikman. They're calling the game. I I really don't. That's just what they're doing. There's no shtick there. No, no, there's not. You know, and 
I, I I don't know. I, I just I just don't I just like wish, Bucks approach. I wish all. ESPN would just pick some guys and stick with them, though. Even if they're not great, right. just let them kind of grow into the well, role. Yeah, that's and what it takes. I did hear something a couple of months ago that they were trying to get Al Michaels back. Really? Um, Should text I think my Dan, guy at NBC Sports. I think Dan Patrick had even said something like. ABC and NBC was almost going to be like a trade. Al Michaels, for, I don't remember who the other really? announcer was, but you know, but Michaels, I think, left ABC and Disney on some not great terms, mm. um, so he didn't want to go back. Plus, he's he's calling a better game typically on Sunday night anyway. I like that crew actually. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I really do. But um, I miss you know they had a decent thing when they had Tariko. He's all right. Yeah, I don't love him, but I don't hate him. No, but he's solid. He's solid. Yep. Yep. Uh, I agree, and apparently for the Monday night, the first Monday night doubleheader, they're going to have uh, Herb Street and uh, Fowler do their other game, which college football or not, those are two really smooth guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they know the game. Herb Street wasn't a great player, but he knows the game. Right. And Fowler is as smooth as they come as far as his job. So and they're And they're comfortable, and you know them. Right. They're very easy to listen to. Yeah. So I'm kind I'm They just the Monday night football flat out just needs better games. Well, that's I mean that's true. been a huge problem and and I've heard I've heard many people say on many different occasions that that whole thing that went down with Goodell and the amount of bashing that went on from all of those talking heads on ESPN about the NFL and how badly they handled this that and the other thing. Mm-hmm. The NFL stuck that right up ESPN's ass. <laughs> with these, with this Monday night game schedule, they've had a ton of shitty games. They just have. Yep. I mean, that's why you get a Bear Packer game on a Thursday. You don't see it as much on a Monday anymore. No, which it, you could always guarantee to at least get one of the two Bear Packer games on a Monday. Yes. Night. NFL's oldest rivalry. That's where one of them needs to be. Yep. For sure. All right, let's let's uh, let's quick. We're over an hour. Let's go to the NCAA. I saw a tweet on the way over here. Because Justin Fields, the quarterback at Ohio State after he came from Georgia, uh, he was good in QB1, by the way, if you haven't seen it on Netflix. It's actually pretty cool. Uh, I think he was in QB1. He has now created a petition to give to the Big Ten that says they should let the schools and the players decide whether they want to play and leave it up to them. So I don't know how that would include a Big Ten championship. I don't know if there's any sort of plan. But as of 9.45 last night, and I haven't checked today, uh, as of 9.45 on Sunday night, it had 10,000 signatures. It might have had even 100,000. I can't even remember. Yeah, I thought it had over 200,000. Maybe it had 200,000. Yeah. Um, and then the thing about the parents from, uh, did you hear about this? Iowa and Penn State and I think it was Ohio State. Iowa parents drafted a letter and handed yeah. it to the Big Ten office in Chicago. Yeah, I heard that. Which I thought, if you're a player and your parents do that and you're in college, that's embarrassing to me. I, I Your parents can think whatever you want. Yeah. I'm a grown man now. Let me handle this. Unless they just think that it'll carry more weight. I don't know. I but. don't know how. I, to me, I'd be like, go away. If, if I mean, but, you know, he, people are getting on Kevin Warren a little bit for this. Well, I think they made the decision too early. I, I do. I thought last week, I mean, 
when a lot of the confusion, and I think it was the Iowa people that that brought this up, they're like, "Why did you release the schedule on Monday and then like three days later cancel the season? What the hell was the point of releasing the schedule?" I talked to LePay. He was on the show last week. Did you happen to hear I did it? Not. Okay. I did not. Because I asked that question. I said a lot of the players were wondering. Last week you gave us a schedule. Five days later, you said we're done. Right. I what said changed? what? I, I I flat out said what changed from then. To now, and he said the revelation of a heart condition that is undiagnosed in your physical and whatever that that, that, that you don't know of. Now you're starting to see this that if somebody gets COVID nineteen, it 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 for some reason that heart condition is now brought to the forefront and it is very very deadly. But you can't test for it until it affects you. That was a main sticking point, I guess, for a lot of scientists. That that's one of the most ridiculous reasons well, to not do something that I've ever heard of. That's that that was that was what a lot of people were afraid of. That you don't know how many people have this, you don't know how many people could get affected by it. So if half your team gets COVID nineteen and everybody has this heart condition, I don't know what the what the you know one in a thousand or whatever. Yeah, it's probably almost nobody. I don't I don't know what that has, but apparently they they were very very frightened of that. That that's not LePay talking. That's him saying that that was a major reason for that to happen. I, I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, with all these schools, it's all about covering their own ass. It has nothing it to do with it has nothing to do with whether or not a kid has a heart condition. It has everything to do that whether or not the kid has a heart condition dies and his parents sue the school. That's what it boils down to. It has nothing to do with actual player safety. Um, yeah, I mean. The petitions to the Big Ten of trying to get the individual schools to make their own decision. I thought they already did that. Didn't the Big Ten, didn't all the presidents vote on this? Isn't that why they canceled it? So, I mean, so if Ohio State, if they can go to their president and convince him that they should play, well, who are they playing? But Are they going to then join, like, the Big 12? But that's the thing. Like, it's not the president that did it. It was the other universities and chancellors who all decided not to do it. Well, that, that's what I mean. I'm saying if if... They go the to the Ohio no, State president, right? The one who the, the yes. ones who said we'll play. We don't want to do this, right? So then those pe- those okay, you guys that voted yes, go ahead, go. Don't need you. We're gonna play. The ones who said no. See, and the weird thing too with the way NCAA NCAA football is just such a it's so out on an island with the way they operate as opposed to every other sport. There's no governing body, so like the the college football playoff. Like, when you win that, you do not get a trophy from the NCAA. You get a trophy from whoever the hell sponsors the, the, the sponsor. it. That's who the yeah, trophy is. That's right. It's not the NCAA giving you their trophy. So they really don't even have any jurisdiction over this. So if the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC play, they can, in theory, have a four-man, four-team playoff and crown a national champion. And the NCAA has nothing to do with it. Maybe the NCAA says we're not going to, quote-unquote, honor it in the books, but that doesn't necessarily mean that these teams can't still play these games. Well, Mark Emmert basically came out and he said, we don't have any jurisdiction yeah. to tell the teams you can't play. It's very bizarre. If It is very. like, Well, then my thing was like, well, then what good are you? Like, well, right. Like, like, what are you? What is do- the point? Why do you exist? Well, if you have no jurisdiction, why do they have to abide by your rules? Right. Why? Why? Why can't Oklahoma pay their running back then? 
Right. Like I don't under that. That's that, right. that makes no nope, sense. No, nope. I totally. I'm, I'm with you. I think that that's another. That's another thing that's probably not talked about because most people aren't, and I'm including you and I in this, smart enough to understand it. But like the can of worms that this whole thing opens up with the legalities of how the NCAA actually operates, I'm sure are going to be looked at by a lot of lawyers of the fine. Right. Call. If if you're not a governing body that is going to you know, mow a path for us to follow, then why are we, why are you even necessary? Right. Why do we even you don't, need you? You don't get to pick and choose which things you want to enforce and right. which things you have control over. That just doesn't make any sense. Totally with you. So it seems like the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12, I did see before, they're going to try to cut it out. Okay? I did see right before you got here on the bottom ticker on ESPN that Kansas State is going to allow... Um, Limited fans at their okay. games. I think it said up to like twenty thousand. I don't know what the stadium seats. Oh. Okay. I don't know. I think that's what it said, but it did say Kansas State was going to allow limited fans Kansas at their games. State. Okay. Do they I sell mean, out to begin? Look, my dad said this to me the other day, and you know he's like me. He's not a big college football guy, but he likes to watch the Badgers. And he said to me, he goes. Does anybody in the around the country really give a shit if the Big Ten and the Pac-12 don't play? Probably not. Like, what are you, other than Ohio State and Michigan and USC, nobody around the country gives a shit about Minnesota football. Nobody really cares about Washington State football probably, outside of their little their little region. You could probably stick Oregon in there just because yeah. just of the yeah, Nike. Yeah, I but, guess. But, but nobody but nationally not, really no. cares about them. No. You know, the whole northeastern part of the country doesn't care about college football anyway. The, the, the entirety of the southern portion of the country that thinks, is college football. thinks the Big Ten is a laughing stock right. outside of Ohio State. So outside of our own fan bases, I don't know that it's going to be that missed. No. I don't know that the AC. I, uh, I don't know that the ACC is that. Big now they got Clemson. I mean, that's kind of yeah, their, but that's it. That's what they're right hanging now. their hat on. I mean, the Big Twelve. You and I talked about this last year. Is that the Big Twelve loves to do four and a half to five hour games and put up sixty points yeah. per team because nobody can play any defense. No, no, it's just like seven on seven with pads. <laughs> it's ridiculous. But I mean, you know, you talk about Oklahoma, Texas. Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Tennessee. I mean, those are huge name schools for sure. With a lot of tradition and a lot of big fan bases. Um, you know what? Doesn't Knoxville seat like a hundred thousand people? Oh, yeah. Like, how are you, are you really yep. going to allow a hundred thousand people? How you know? There's know. a lot of things to iron out, but as I look at the calendar and I have my fantasy football draft in two weeks, we're getting closer, we're getting man. Damn close. Yep. We're a couple. We're like a month away from games for sure. So they got to iron this stuff out pretty quick. I don't know how it's going to go. Speaking of ironing out, uh, we'll, and we'll we'll end with this. High school sports in this state has, I'll just say what it is in reality. It's a giant clusterfuck. That's what it is. Because you've kind of got the same thing going on with schools and conferences and counties that's going on in college sports. It's You've got a couple places saying we're not going to do it we're going to try for the spring model and then you've got a couple say no we're we're going in the fall we're we're still we're still doing this we don't like that model we think it'll be fine and nobody's on the same page even though the WIAA has said there's going to be no fall championships there will be no champions crowned i don't know if all the conferences say that we're not having a conference champion 
Um, there's now been a revised timeline that's been instituted for spring sports. And from what I got out of my conversation with the Milton athletic director, who, who just came over from Clinton, um, who replaced Brian Hamill, who, who just retired, this timeline is in effect. Whether you follow it or not, here's the timeline. You can abide by it or you're on your own, but everybody else is going by this. So if you want to play fall sports... In the fall, be my guest. Have have your fall sports. There's no champion. Your season will end, and that's it. Then when the time comes, after winter sports is done, you're not jumping into the spring. That's the insertion of the fall period for however many weeks. And if you're not, if you've got athletes that have already played in the fall, they're going to sit on their ass until they want to play spring or they're done for the year. So, like, everybody is being forced to follow the timeline for winter and spring. It's just a decision of when you want to play your fall sports. And it's completely up in the air right now. A lot of a lot of schools are just saying no. Some conferences are saying no. But some schools are trying to find non-conference games. Because, you know... What did I? What did, somebody told me that there's a there's one conference kind of to the to the west of us, maybe a little bit north. There are schools in seven different counties in one conference. Wow, that's a lot of different health departments yeah. that are you know monitoring what's going on and saying what you are not allowed to do. Right, and that's hard for everybody to be in to be on the same in the same phase. So, well, and then you get up north. Right, where some of these uh, are these counties are very remote. There's not a lot of people. They've had like no cases up there no. in some of these uh, areas, and they're looking around, going, "Wait, why are we not doing anything?" Right. I don't know what the percentage is for 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 counties and and districts and conferences up in the northern tier mm-hmm. that are going to try to play versus ones in the southern tier. But again, now we're at, we're at the point where they got to follow the schedule. Whether they're going to play in the fall and they don't have any cases and they're not concerned about an outbreak, um, so it it looks like I got a message from Storby the other day it says looks like your guys' first broadcast is going to be uh, for this year is going to be Craig Girls Basketball. <laughs> so it's like we're going to go from for I, we're, I'm going to have skipped two seasons. It's going to be very strange how the spring plays itself out because you know like if you go to the state tournament for basketball normally you're playing into mid March which is when the actual spring season typically starts because, like, I remember my sophomore year when we went to the state tournament. We played uh, Thursday night and Friday night. We lost Friday night. I was at track practice Monday, and we had a meet in Wisconsin Rapids, like, three days later. Right. So it immediately kicks in. Um, There's a lot of times where uh, Coach Suter, our basketball season would still be going, and his assistants would already be starting the baseball practices. But for the se- but for the seasons of the teams that don't go far in the tournament, you've got you're done. You've, you've got, got two or time. three weeks break. Yep. yep. You know, I mean, so that's what I mean. It's a small it number, is, but you're talking a lot of the times you're talking about the best athletes. That's true. You know, that's a lot very of, true. Because and I'm not just talking about basketball. It could be a wrestler. Right. It could be a swimmer. It could be a gymnast. Whatever. From what I got out of the AD, because the timeline is now crunched. They're going to talk about maybe having athletes cross over if 
you know, you do go to a postseason for something, but your next sport has a practice, whether you're allowed to bounce back and forth and how many things you can do. That's there, There's still a lot kind of to iron out about the real in, intricacies sure. of the whole schedule. I wonder how much this will affect recruiting for, for kids as well. I mean, you know, usually um, colleges, you know, like just take basketball, for instance. If a kid is going to get a basketball scholarship, a lot of times they'll they'll still be allowed to play their senior football year if they're football players. But if football's after basketball now, you're probably going to lose those kids. Plus then you're going to immediately get into like the AAU season. So how does that work? Does that affect things? I mean, do you see kids now that maybe were multi-sport athletes maybe say, eh, I don't know that I want to do... I don't know that I want to play basketball, football, and baseball in like a month span. Right. Like, I don't know that I can. I should physically do that. Um, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a cluster, no doubt. I mean, you and I have no clue what our future holds as far as broadcasting these basketball games. I mean, are they going to, first of all, are they even going to have a season? Second of all, if they do, are they going to allow anybody other than just the teams, coaches, and trainers in there? And refs. And refs. I mean, are we going to be allowed in there? And if we are allowed in there, I mean, can you put, like, a freaking giant shield around us that (laughs) keeps us from megaphoning through the whole gym? So every time a referee makes a blown call, I got to just go, that was a stupid fucking call. I don't know why the That's fuck right. the coach is putting this idiot in for it. Like, you know, like, well, oh, no, how, totally how, how are we supposed to do that? That's know. that's crazy to think about. I don't know. I, I again, because sometimes when we're in some of these gyms, anyway, we're there's from, not a lot of people in there. We're, we're ten f- feet away. In Madison East, they have us three feet away from the opposing yeah, we're, coach. We're sitting at the scorers table. Right. Literally, you can reach out and touch their bench. Yes. So. I, and, and even in the, even the couple times we were up there, it was kind of like, uh, and that's with noise, yeah, and fans, yeah, yeah. So that could carry. be very interesting. Carry. They're oh carry. God, I wanted to just, <laughs> I wanted to punch somebody so bad that night. I was going nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's where I, that's where it's like. I heard CC Sabathia in an interview the other day because he's got a podcast out with Ryan Rucco on uh, the Ringer, and uh, somebody they were asking him like. You know, why Why didn't you want to do games? Like, why didn't you want to broadcast games? And he just said, he goes, oh, he goes, there's just no way. He goes, I can get through maybe two innings without an F-bomb. He goes, but there's just no way I could get through full games. <laughs> and it just made me think of me when you asked me to do that job. And I'm like, how am I going to watch these games and not swear? That's for off-air stuff that we pray that the Thank button. Thank God that nobody back at the station is ratting us out for our the, 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 between the quarters. Please have us turned off so that we're not on the air while these commercials are on. I because did. I did drop a "What the hell is this?" Like the second that, game it we was did. The second but, game. What yeah. the hell's going on? Yeah, that's well, right. Yeah, we saw the alternative palms out there, and I. I mean, I think that's a question that everybody asks in the gym at that point. What the hell is going on out there? <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so I don't know what's going to happen. Um, it didn't seem like they had a lot of plans as of right now, but they're they're just trying to, you know, come to grips with what they got to do, what they got to do to move forward, and this is the reality that everybody's got to deal with. And then we'll figure it out when we start approaching winter sports whether we can do it or not. Yeah. So I – I don't know. All I know is for the radio station, we've lost the Badgers. We've lost 
um, high school. Half the Brewer season. Half the Brewer season. So right now, I mean, we've got Bucks playoffs, Brewers, hopefully and then the Packers, and then right? hopefully the Packers. Yeah. And that's basically all we can hope that we still have going on. So I, I, I it's just such a weird because every there's just something weird happening everywhere. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I don't. I, it, I don't know how else to to say it. Yeah, it's it's been a 2020 has been a mess. It's been a weird year. It's kind of amazing that we're like six months into this and we're really no farther along than we were six months ago. Whether it's like getting rid of this naturally or coming up with any kind of a a vaccine, so. Yeah, we're all in the same waiting game. Just thank yep. God we've got something to watch on TV, and um, you know, hopefully the Bucks can get off to a good start tomorrow and make make a nice run to the finals. That is the intentional foul for this episode. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing. If you do those things, and we encourage you to please tell your friends. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we post the link. You can comment. Uh, we post the link on Facebook as well. If you have any feedback or questions or topic ideas, hit us up. Throw them at us. That is. More than fine. We uh, we do appreciate it. So thank you for joining us. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And we will talk to you next time. Go Gummies.